Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to this service of Harvest Thanksgiving. And as always, an extra special welcome to our family and friends joining us from all across the country and around the world. It's also lovely to see so many people have flowers and leaves and plants this morning to mark our gratitude for another harvest. Our service this morning will be led by our minister, Katrina, and we'll also hear the voices of Wendy, Will, Elizabeth and Ian, Paul F and Holly. And as we sing along with recordings of ourselves, we'll hear Paul on keyboard and Yang Yang on violin. And in a moment, we'll hear Benjamin and Bardia, who will be lighting our candle for us this morning, and we're all invited to light our own candle as they light theirs. Thank you too to everyone who has already donated to our Operation Agri Harvest Appeal uh, via our Just Giving page. That page will be active until the end of this month, so there's still plenty of time to make your donation if you haven't got round to it yet. But I see this morning we've already uh, gathered in over £500, so that's a great start. Um, but you'll be able to continue making donations anytime up to the end of October. And then you may have noticed that in the key, there was a little request for people who might be interested in joining a seminar to find out what would be involved, either in joining the finance team or actually coming in to serve our church as treasurer. Uh, David Nichols, who is uh, the, I think the major partner now in BN Associates who uh, independently uh, assess our accounts, is offering to do a seminar if anyone thinks they have any kind of interest or gift at all in either accounting or bookkeeping or monitoring costs and think they would like to offer that service to our church when Ken finally retires uh, after years of long and dedicated service. So please, would you drop me an email or give me a ring if you would like to be part of that seminar? I want to stress that if you come to the seminar, you will not then be committed by writing in blood that you will take on a role in the finance group, but just come and find out if you have even the slightest inkling that that might be for you. At 7pm this evening, our evening service will also be on Zoom when we'll be joined by our friends from neighbouring churches, as always. And this evening service will be led by Robin Green and will focus on World Porridge Day, or as you might have guessed, on Mary's Meals. Next Sunday at 11am, Katrina and Bethany will lead a special service for Prisoners Week. And in the evening at 7pm, Katrina will lead us in an evening communion. But now, Benjamin and Bardia, it's over to you for the lighting of our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Thank you, Christ as no, Christ, the light that lights our way, may we go and Christ light this day. Thank you so much. That was absolutely wonderful. And our call to worship this morning comes from the book of Genesis and is one of the readings that was suggested to us by Operation Agri. God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds, 
and fruit trees of every kind on the earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good.
And now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray together. Creator God, as we gather this morning in the comfort of our homes, we pause to remind ourselves of the beauty of this autumn season. When the main harvest of the year has been gathered in and the natural world slows down, ready for winter rest. We thank you for the incredible colours of the leaves, turning red and yellow and gold before they tumble to the ground, coating paths and lawns in a crunchy or sometimes slippery carpet. We thank you for early morning frosts and mists, for steaming breath and cosy mittens. We thank you for bright sunny days and for refreshing rain, replenishing the rivers and washing clean streets, houses and gardens. On this day, we give thanks for the bountiful harvest that we enjoy and pause to consider our interconnectedness with people in Tanzania, reminding ourselves of our shared humanity and also of our interconnectedness with the natural world. Open our hearts to feel empathy. Open our minds to understand realities and inspire us to respond with generosity, we pray. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Imarika means strengthen, helping churches and communities to improve the environment and livelihoods. Now, several villages have a tree nursery. I am very happy to be in the Imarika project. Previously, I didn't know anything about planting trees for timber, but now I know how to plant and care for trees. To help avocado trees to mature quickly, we have learned to do a process called grafting. He is now skilled to graft a new shoot into a cutting from a mature tree. When the seedling is ready to plant, it will bear fruit in just three years instead of the usual seven years. I learned this about avocados. First, its stone can be used for medicine. Second, the tree can live a long time so my children can have their needs met. If I die, they will still benefit from the trees. They are stronger working together. A daily challenge for women is finding wood to cook on open fires with three stones to balance the pot. But training to make clay stoves helps to reduce both wood and smoke. Much better for cooking. Crops are suffering from climate change, so conservation farming is introduced. I'm the project officer for Imerika. We are at Sophia's farm. She was determined to try the new ideas from the training. Since last year, I have been picking up crop residues and covering the soil to keep it moist. Jessica shows how the mulch blanket protects seedlings and the soil is damp. But where the soil is not covered, it's dry and dusty. Sophia is glad her crop is protected. The church is the venue for a meeting of Vicoba, the village community bank. Before the serious business, they pray. Three key holders unlock the Vicoba box of cash savings and books. The Imerika training enables them to save money and give loans securely. Anyone in the community can join Vicoba, bringing cash to save at each meeting. It really helps them plan for their needs. When I joined Vicoba, I thought my family depend on me for things like school fees. My husband shares the responsibility, but I am the one feeling the heat when money is short for the family. You can borrow your money and do what you need to. Then return the money plus very little interest. My family did not expect me to achieve a lot. 
They assumed I'd live in poverty, but they are surprised at what I am doing. Thank you and God bless you. Many of you know that my father taught at the Baptist Seminary of East Africa near Arusha, Tanzania, and that that's where I spent my childhood. My Zoom picture, which you see, is the view out our living room window. That's Mount Meru, 15,000 feet high, unusually with snow on top. Now, there is a Scottish connection. The lower slopes, which you see, are a forest reserve, and down at the bottom is a forest school founded by the Scotsman John Holmes. I want to tell you about my father's garden. He was an obsessive gardener, almost like Barbara. This picture shows you that he started the garden before there was a house. Here's the garden some years later. You may want to ignore the lazy youth. And again, with the house, uh, with somebody you know in the picture. What I really want to tell you is how my father's garden was subversive, in a way connected to Operation Agri's aims. The students at the seminary had to do kaziyamikono, manual labor, on some afternoons in exchange for their tuition. They did not enjoy it. Even though my dad had Peter Karigui, whom you saw, as paid help, dad made a point to be out in the garden doing manual labor during kaziyamikono. Bear in mind that farming was generally considered women's work falling on the students' wives. Again, my dad wanted his students to see their male professor doing women's work eagerly and with gusto. We grew many, many fruits and vegetables and trees. Sorry, I don't have pictures. Again, this was partly subversive student families tended to grow maize and beans, and he wanted to suggest the option of other crops for health or economic reasons. They often had chickens, but he thought rabbits were more efficient to raise. My apologies to the vegetarians and vets. My father, Operation Agri and its Imarika Time for Trees campaign share the view that tending the land is honorable work for both men and women. With study and determination, there are often better ways to farm. Trees are valuable as food producers, but also hold the soil 
and modify the ecology for the better. Caring for the earth builds human dignity. I will close by showing some actual trees in Tanzania. Here's a semi-famous one on the other side of Mount Meru in the park. And although Operation Agri is not interested, you really can't go to Tanzania without making time for the wondrous baobab tree. <laughs>is the person who obeys the law of the Lord. They don't follow the advice of evil people. They don't make a habit of doing what sinners do. They don't join those who make fun of the Lord and his law. Instead, the law of the Lord gives them joy. They think about his law day and night. That kind of person is like a tree that is planted near a stream of water. It always bears its fruit at the right time. Its leaves don't dry up. Everything godly people do turns out well. Sinful people are not like that at all. They are like straw that the wind blows away. When the Lord judges them, their life will come to an end. Sinners won't have any place among those who are godly. The Lord watches over the lives of godly people. But the lives of sinful people will lead to their death. Reading from Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. Then the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. And also reading from Revelation chapter 22. The angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the centre of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations.
I'm sure everybody knows that one of my great pleasures is to get out and walk. And some of you know that rather foolishly, I took on a challenge to walk 400,000 steps during October. But since lockdown began in March, there has hardly been a day when I haven't been out pounding the pavements of this amazing city. And often I will be found striding along the banks of the Kelvin and the Clyde or the Canal, or maybe meandering around one of the beautiful parks with which we are blessed. The Victorians who, who established these paths, parks gave us a great blessing, a great legacy. But one of the things that really strikes me wherever I go is just how many trees there are. Trees not only in the parks and by the rivers, but trees in the streets. Uh, we really are a very green and beautiful city. Hardly surprising, it's known as the dear green place. As I listened to the psalm being read, I found myself thinking of the walks I do along the Kelvin walkway. There are tall established trees alongside the river and they send their roots deep into the earth. And that does two things. It provides nutrients for the trees, but it also stabilizes the riverbank and limits erosion. And at the same time, their branches reach for the sky. Back in March, when I began these walks, of course, the trees were pretty much in their winter skeletons and there were just the beginnings of buds. And over the weeks, those buds burst into, into blossoms and into leaves in every shade of green you can think of and different shapes. We have horse chestnuts and oaks, we have maples and plains. We have various kinds of firs and pines and sycamores and maples and many others. And now, of course, the leaves have served their purpose. And on the deciduous trees, those greens give way to amazing colours. Absolutely beautiful this year. Gold and yellow and brown. Stunningly beautiful. And they start, of course, to tumble to the ground. And one of the things I love is to crunch through those leaves. I think it's my, my inner child. I just love getting out in the leaves and feeling them crunch under my feet or kicking them up. Of course, sometimes they are a bit slippy, so you have to be a little bit careful. But soon these beautiful coloured leaves will decay again and form a mulch which will blanket the earth and return the nutrients that they have borrowed for this season to allow growth for next season. And I think that's very beautiful. And it reminds me of the generosity of God and that word that I keep returning to at the moment, the interconnectedness of all of creation. When I looked again at the readings that Operation Agri suggested we used for today, the psalm, the passage from Genesis and the, and the words from Revelation, I was really struck at what it said about trees, that they are beautiful and that they are practical and that the fruit they produce is not just, well, nutritious, but it's delicious. What a wonderful God that suggests to us, not a mere utilitarian God who gives us essential rations carefully measured out, 
but a decadent God who showers us with abundance that's delightful to look at and, and tasty to eat. It's enjoyable to, to eat the different fruits. And this God has created humans to reflect that generosity and creativity and the delight. We, we are made to delight in, in the creativity and generosity of God and in the, the, the generosity and creativity of, of each other. God longs for us and all creation to be made whole, to be fulfilled, to flourish. Another of those great words in the, the Glasgow coat of arms, this flourishing, this wholeness, this healing is what God longs for, for all creation. Sometimes when I'm out walking, I end up in the botanic gardens. Not very often, it has to be said, because it's probably one of the most popular places. And sometimes it feels like Blackpool prom at the height of summer. It certainly did yesterday when I happened to be in there. But as I walk around, I sometimes notice by the trees and plants, there are little signs that give us information. And every now and then I'll find one that says, oh, this is a medicinal plant. The seeds are used or the fruit is used or even the leaves are used for their healing and medicinal purposes. And that really drew me to that revelation reading, that incredible tree of life that straddled the river. I was very struck, um, Will, by that picture of the tree with the Land Rover driving through it, because that could be the tree of life, because it, it seems to stand on either side of the river. So it must have some kind of an arch running through it. So an amazing tree straddling the river of life, producing a new fruit every month. And that's mind blowing in itself. But its leaves have healing properties. Its leaves are medicinal, restorative. Leaves, it says, to heal the nations. Now, you know me, I quite like sometimes to go and check out a Greek word. And, and because I'm one of those people who kind of doesn't really believe in nations, as in socioeconomic political thingies. So I wanted to check what it meant. And guess what? It's the same word that is used in the Gospels to mean the peoples, the ethnicities, ta ethne, the, eth the ethno ethnos, all the different people. So actually what this is saying is not just about peace between socio-political things, though that would be great, and not just restored political structures, though that would be marvellous, but actually a restoration of all of humanity. Peace, everywhere, healing and wholeness for all people. Again, there's that interconnectedness that we in Glasgow, in Scotland, in the British Isles, in Europe, in the USA, wherever we may be, are connected with each other and with the people in Tanzania and with the people that we never hear about or read about. And that everybody needs that that wholeness that healing and I love that vision of this tree that straddles the river of life produces fruit each season and its leaves are healing restorative if you look back that connects back to the psalm that Ian and Elizabeth read for us the godly person is like that tree we are called to be like that tree producing leaves and fruit 
that is delicious and delightful, that also is whole and healing. Maybe then, one of the ways we can look at our giving to Operation Agri this year is about recognising that we are connected with the people in Tanzania and they are connected with us and that our flourishing and their flourishing are interdependent. And as we give money that will provide saplings to support projects throughout Tanzania, and as people like Will's dad subvert the systems by living life differently and modelling a different future, a heavenly future, we play a tiny weeny part in that divine work of healing and redemption, creating beauty, giving delight to ourselves, to others, and yes, even giving delight to God. Let us pray. God of all creation, you looked at everything you had made and saw that it was good.
These past few months, it's been difficult for us to hold on to that truth. God, we pray for all of us whose lives have been profoundly changed by the COVID-19 pandemic. We pray for those who have lost people that they love. We pray for everyone who currently has the virus across the world, especially those in critical care units across this and other nations and all the healthcare professionals who are caring for them. We continue to pray for our policymakers in health and social care, our first minister, the prime minister, the chief medical officers and other scientific advisors of the four nations. We know that they bear an extraordinary burden of balancing the many and complex aspects of this crisis. God, send your spirit, renew the life of the earth. God of all creation, you looked at all you had made and saw that it was good. At harvest, we celebrate your abundant goodness. This harvest is tough because we are not together to celebrate that abundance. We pray for those for whom the pandemic has brought real struggle. Those who have felt vulnerable and scared, often for the first time. Those who have become more anxious, more lonely, more depressed. For students isolated a long way from home. For all those who face unemployment, including those who work in the cultural heart of our nation in the arts and hospitality. We pray that you would kindle both their creativity and the will of our political leaders to adequately protect them. God, send your spirit, renew the life of the earth. God of all creation, you looked at all you had made and saw that it was good. At harvest, as we celebrate your abundant goodness, help us to share the riches of your creation according to the needs of all people. Empower us to raise our voices, to call for change, to ensure a fairer distribution of the world's resources. God, send your spirit. Renew the life of the earth. God of all creation, you looked at all you had made and you saw that it was good. Today is marked by many LGBT people as International Coming Out Day. We pray for LGBT people across the world and throughout your church for whom the joy of coming out is not open, for fear of violence, the loss of family or jobs. And we celebrate with our LGBT brothers and sisters in their joy and join them in their ongoing work for justice. God, send your spirit, renew the life of the earth. 
God of all creation, you looked at all you had made and you saw that it was good. We pray for the work of Operation Agri, particularly all we have heard about this morning about their work in Tanzania, especially the Imerika Time for Trees campaign. This week, BMS World Mission invites us to pray for their projects in Nepal, especially their partners in teacher training, occupational therapy and other development projects. In the wake of COVID-19, we pray for the poorest people of Nepal who struggle to afford food when there are shortages and the price keeps increasing due to the closure of the border with India. God, send your spirit. Renew the life of the earth. God of all creation, you looked at all you had made and saw that it was good. In our own Baptist Union, we pray for Open Baptist Church, the Oxgang Church plant in Edinburgh, Paisley Central Baptist Church and Peebles Baptist Church. This is a time of unique challenge and opportunity for churches. And we pray for all those hanging together. In our own church, we pray for Margaret S., for Mary and Ian, for Jennifer, Neil and Jensen, for Betty, for Graham, Ali and family, for Lena and George, for Talash, for Yang Yang, for Antoinette and Spencer, for Bayar and his family. Our Hillhead family are scattered throughout the city and across the world. We pray that you would continue to hold us together even when we are apart. God, send your spirit. Renew the life of the earth. God of all creation, you looked at all you had made and saw that it was very good. Amen.
God bless us this day with joy and hope, love and peace. May Christ accompany us this week in all we do, all we say and all we are. And may the Spirit inspire us to live and love so that all creation may flourish. Amen.